Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. I'll be your host, Greg Stowers, and today we'll be joined by Tanner Bond. Tanner is an assistant coach for the Summit Page G-Nash hockey team. He's also a former Flyers player in the National Youth Organization, and he's a current MTSU player who will be entering his sophomore year uh, this upcoming season. Uh, how's it going, Tanner? It's going good. How about you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, just want to say thanks for, for joining the podcast, and we'll get into a, a few different things, but I think it's always great to, to start at the beginning. Um, so how did uh, how Tanner get involved uh, in hockey? Well, uh, I know you had my dad on the last podcast, and he kind of mentioned a few things before, but, you know, just going to Preds games whenever I was a kid, I started playing hockey and started in the goal program around age four, age five, and you know, it really just took off from there. And a lot of something that a lot of people don't know about me is, you know, I actually started as a skater, but then a few years in, I actually transitioned to goalie for about four or five years and then went back to skater. So that's, that's kind of just a beginning, but, uh, you know, but having Preds here locally really was just that jump starter for me. And, you know, I just loved the game. Yeah, well, so you, I didn't even know that, that you were a goalie at one point. What, you just did it like blocking shots, I guess? I Well, no, I think uh, I loved blocking the shots, you know. That's why I had to hop in there. But, you know, um, <laughs> some a name most – some people around Nashville may know is um, Noah Brandau. He is now a goalie at Lawrence Tech. I believe they are D3 NCAA. But, you know, um, I was actually out there for one practice um, for – I think it was, um, I want to say a goal program practice or something like that. And uh, I got off the ice mid-practice, and I was like, I want to go to goalie. And um, Noah's dad came to my dad, and he's like, you know, we have some extra gear that um, Tanner can try on and wear and jump out there. So mid-practice, went out there, and, um, you know, that's how the goalie journey started. Yeah, we haven't had a goalie on this podcast yet, but they're definitely uh... – you have to be an interesting person to, to want to step in front of a 90 mile per hour shot. So uh, might've made the smart decision on, on that one sticking as a skater. Um, yeah. So uh, I know we talked and, and I should have mentioned that up uh, before, but yeah, we had Kevin uh, Tanner's dad on a previous episode. Um, so if you ha- haven't listened to that, go back and, and listen. He talks about the college hockey federation and MTSU and broadcasting their games. So uh, it's a good episode if you haven't heard it yet, but um Back to Tanner. So, you know, like your dad shared and you just shared the goal program getting started, you know, the, the Predators being a primary motivation to, for you to, to start skating and obviously getting involved with the game. But um, after you got your, your training wheels off, you became a, a Nashville Flyer. Um, now, when did you start playing for the, the Flyers? So it was actually after a game shut down. I started playing goalie with the Storm with a game storm big throwback to people who may not may or may not know about the storm but then the storm became the admirals and then after a game shut down i went to the flyers for my last five years of youth hockey i want to say but um you know it was a great program over there with the flyers i loved every team that i played on and i that was actually whenever i made my first jump to double a my last two years you know i never played double a up until 18u so that was a really cool experience for me, you know, like just seeing myself grow over the last few years with that Flyers program and just 
the coaches that I had, they really helped me develop my game and, you know, become more of the player I am today. Yeah, it's definitely a great organization. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and better, and they do it the right way. So um, uh, for those who don't know, I'm also a Flyers coach. So uh, I definitely have a, uh, a, a, a slight uh, lean in my preference. But um, so with the while you're with the Flyers, you also played um, for the, the for GNASH, correct? Um, the league that your yes. dad is now the commissioner of. Um, what you were with uh, Paige, if I'm not mistaken. I was with – so my first – three years was Paige Centennial. Um, my senior year, I grandfathered into play for Centennial because they went scholastic that year. Um, and it was either play for Centennial or just go to Outlaws. And we had a few other players from Paige that were like, we don't want to go play for Outlaws, so we're going to go play for Centennial. We only had one Paige guy who went to go to Outlaws. Mm-hmm. And, and this this next question will be uh, kind of bleed into a, a few other topics here. But, you know, playing high school hockey, you have, you know, freshmen to, to seniors, you know, on the same sheet of ice, all different skill levels. And um, as we've mentioned before, that the G Nash Hockey League is is really improving and a lot of good kids are coming out of there. But, um, you know, Tanner, you're not not the biggest guy in the world. Um, you yeah. could uh, uh, tell our listeners how tall you are, actually. I'm five foot four, around 130, 135, maybe 140 on a good day. Just a weapon out there. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind, could you tell, um, and we'll talk about this in your, your college career as well, but, um, you know, being a, a, a smaller guy and, and playing the, the forward position, you know, if you could share anything to maybe a, a younger kid who might not be the biggest and, um, you know, if, any takeaways that you've learned from being a, a smaller player? And, you know, like, like I said, you, you could be a 14-year-old kid playing high school hockey against a 6'4", 18-year-old. Um, you know, just kind of if you could share some thoughts on being a small player in that, in that high school hockey. Yeah, um, I will definitely say whenever I first made that jump from, you know, just playing regular travel hockey to then going to high school, my first game was against Brentwood. And if you know the Gene Ashley Brentwood was always this top team. And that was the first team I played against in my high school career. So, you know, they have all these big guys and it's not an easy task. You, you see those guys lining up on the other side that are just towering over you. It's hard not to get intimidated, but from what I've learned and over my career is, you know, I've always been that type of person player that just, I don't back down from anybody, whether they're six foot 10, six foot 11, or the same height as me. I don't back down. I go into those corners and I battle hard. But, you know, whenever I made that jump, I was a little, little hesitant, not even going to lie. Like, I got sat a little bit, but that made me just want to work harder. And, you know, for those guys that are making that jump now, it's, you know, this game is becoming more about speed than the physicality. And, you know, you got to find those advantages when you can. And if you're that smaller guy, you have to go in those corners and not be able to not back down from those guys because those coaches will notice that and they will want you on their team every single time over that big guy who just knows how to throw the body. Like the game now, they coaches don't want this guy who can just hit and they want a guy who can move fast and beat defenders, but also will go in to corners and 
play against those big guys. So that's just my advice to any of those little guys that are going to be trying to go high in, uh, in hockey. Yeah. I mean, and you can see it at all levels, right. You know, the NHL's changed and obviously through the rule changes and all that stuff, but you don't have to, just because you're the, the small guy, um, whether you're a defenseman or a forward, it, it doesn't mean, you know, you, you can't uh, go to that, go to that next level. You know, you look at Johnny Goudreau and there's a bunch of names that we could rattle Victor off. Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson. I mean, it, the, the list goes on and on of, of smaller guys that can make an impact and, yeah. You know, and you can see it in the way you play, Tanner. It's just because you're small doesn't mean you, you don't have like the ability to make a physical impact. You know, you, you don't, and you could you could talk about it too, but you don't have to be six four to block shots or battle in corners, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, another example. I was actually just talking to my dad about this guy a few weeks ago, Nathan Gerby, the smallest player in NHL history. He's he's actually my height, and he was out there. You look up Nathan Gerby highlights on YouTube. He lays big hits for a guy who's five foot four. So I mean, you you want to watch guys in the NHL nowadays? He's not in the league anymore. But go watch Victor Arvidsson. You said Johnny Gaudreau. There's plenty of guys like that nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I just a quick little Google search here. Uh, they Cole Caulfield's the smallest player in the NHL right now. He's five seven, one hundred seventy four pounds. So it's like, don't be discouraged yeah. if you're if you're not the big guy, you can, uh, you just, there's, there's a role for everybody and it's fine. And it's fine in your role. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of move on from your high school. Um, and we'll move on to middle Tennessee state university. Um, previously middle Tennessee was in the ACHA. Um, yes. two years ago, I believe you all moved to the college hockey federation, which we talked about with Kevin, um, an episode or so ago. Um, so just if you could walk us through, you know, the changes you've seen at MTSU um, and how that, that program is, is looking going forward. Wow. Um, I can already tell you the MTSU program is, it's going to be a team that we, that teams need to look out for in the coming future. You know, this past year was kind of a down year for us. Um, but that was because we had a lot of change in the off season and we had, you know, we didn't have a lot of guys in the first half season, me included. I was not there for the first half of this past season. So, you know, the first semester they were skating with, you know, maybe 12 guys a game or maybe nine, you know, it just depends on the game, but, you know, we've got a lot of recruits coming in that we can, um, we, we feel confident in. And one of them is one you've already had on your podcast before, but, has committed recently is Zach Giblin. We're very excited to get him on the team now. And, you know, we still have a few other guys that we're looking at recruiting, but, you know, CHF in general, it's, it's a growing league. You know, my dad has talked about it to me and the CHF is starting to become up there with the ACHA. Everybody thought club hockey, you had to go ACHA, but, you know, the CHF is starting to make a name for itself. You've got all these SEC schools in the league and, the teams are starting to be very competitive and could compete with those ACHA teams. Yeah. And I, and to kind of backtrack a little bit here. Um, so for the listeners, I assisted with MTSU for a few years. Um, and I, my first year was the 2018, 29 season. I think I came in when, when Jason was still the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the amount of change that's happened with that program from 2018 till till now is is incredible you know it when I first got there I mean it's a it's a club sport but we talk about and and Tanner can talk about it as well but it's taken way more seriously than it has in the past right there's you guys now have these these training groups in the summer and you know you guys are sharing social media posts and you guys are holding each other accountable to you know like I said, when I started with the program, it was, you know, some guys just wouldn't even show up for games. It, it was more of that recreational, let's just go have fun and play hockey. But um, as you can talk about Tanner, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's a serious sport now, you know, it's, yeah. you guys are still paying to play, but um, you're all holding each other accountable and it's only going to make that, that program grow stronger. Yeah. And you mentioned it, um, the word we used was, you know, this team used to be a glorified men's league team. That's how Nathan Wilson, who was our captain last year, described it, or Willie as we called him. But, like, glorified men's league is how they described that team. I think this was before you, too. Um, but they would go on road trips, just drink and drink and drink. And they didn't even have a team bus yet. They just – drove in vans or drove themselves to games and they would get beat like 10 nothing or worse every weekend. But that's not what happens anymore. Our team is, you know, you mentioned the accountability stuff. Like we have the, these accountability groups that we're all sending pictures into our group me of like what we're doing that day. And we get points for whatever we do. And, you know, it's, it's a really good system that we are all buying into right now. Yeah. And I think, um, kind of about the glorified men's league when I first got there um, and started helping out you know the practices were good and you know there was there was skill there not to knock on the guys who who have come through the program previously but the way I was describing it to some people was it was it was football on on skates essentially it was you know let's see who can make the biggest hit and make the crowd (laughs) make the crowd yell Um, and and now it's just it's tons more skill there's speed there's I mean you guys are getting light shows when you go at the Fordyce Center for your home games. Like it's, uh, it's turning into the real deal. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of talking about how things have changed, you know, uh, Jason, coach Jason was there previously and then, uh, Tim, uh, Rather took over. Um, so you had the opportunity to play with Tim your freshman year. Um, and obviously with a coaching change there, there, there comes some, you know, push and pull between new guys and, and guys that are were previously there, um, if you can, you know, kind of touch on what that. And I'm, I don't know if did you, I don't know if you played with Tim in the past before, but kind of what your first year of college hockey experience was like. Oh yeah, um, playing for Tim was, you know, he he's a great guy, great great coach, and you know you can tell just by how he runs the team. But he's been coaching for many years, you know, and it's you know, it's nice coach or playing under a coach like that because like they have a lot of knowledge that they can offer to you. And, you know, he had his son Jackson played on the team and, you know, Jackson was a senior this past year. So, you know, now Tim, Tim said that he was going to step away after Jackson walked away. And, you know, we all thanked Tim and appreciated all the work he put into this team because, you know, I think like, Last year, we made the College Hockey South playoffs, and, you know, that wouldn't have happened without Tim, you know. Like, he made a drastic jump with the team, and 
you know, we have him to thank for a lot of the stuff that we have. Yeah. Right I mean, now. he essentially re- revived the, the program, right? I mean, he yeah. prepared for practices, game management, um, you know, all the stuff you want in a, in a coach definitely had the experience and, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, and even personally in my coaching career, you know, I, I, I took things from him that I use in high school now. And, um, you know, you need those guys as, as programs progress to, to see how it can be done and what can be done better. So, um, yeah, a lot of credit to, to Tim for, for making those changes and, um, and really improving, uh, this middle Tennessee program. Um, there's one, there was one question I wanted to, to touch on, um, you know, you're freshman, you're, you're a smaller guy. Um, and, and I was on the bench at the time as well, um, during your freshman year, but you know, not every player gets to play as much as every other player, right? It's, it's college mm-hmm. hockey. It's no ice times guaranteed. It's, you got to earn your ice and, um, you know, you express some frustration and it was, you know, obviously, um, uh, visible, but, you know, can you talk a little bit about your, your playing time, your, your freshman year and, you know, well, let's just talk about your playing time, your freshman year, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah. So it started first games against Embry-Riddle um, my freshman year. You know, it didn't go the way that we wanted. And for me personally, it didn't go the way I wanted to. Um, and Tim talked to me after a game. He's like, you know, that's not the same guy that we saw during the scrimmages in the off season, And, you know, that's not the same player that we saw during practices. And, you know, the next game against Embry-Riddle, I'm a scratch. And that was the first time I had been a scratch ever, um, like healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was a wake-up call for me. And our next games were against Ole Miss. I sat the first game. And then I come back in the second game. And, you know, I I began to see improvements in my game. And Tim started to see that I was – putting in a little bit more work. Then we come back and play Vandy and I'm a scratch again the first game. And then that second game against Vandy is when I really started to turn it around and really started to open up the eyes of the coaches and really show that, you know, I found my groove and I deserve to be in this lineup day in and day out. And, you know, that's something that I try and pride myself on is, you know, if I get discouraged, I'm not just going to stay down. I'm going to come back. And, you know, that was a big thing for me there because, you know, we went through a stretch of winning, I believe, 10 in a row before the Christmas break that my freshman year. And, you know, our that fourth line that I was on, we were rolling. We like our like Tim and you and JJ, they, you guys never felt like we were disadvantaged whenever we were out there. We were constantly keeping the puck in the offensive zone and keeping pressure on the other team. And, you know, that was something that I took pride in was, you know, I was a fourth line, but we were still getting the job done. Right. And, and, and part of it's right. You want to be, you want to be a net positive player when you're on the ice. So, yeah. and, and, the, and the plus minus stats is a little wonky, but you know, the, the, you want your coach to be able to trust you. And it doesn't always mean you're going to go out and get a point or score a goal or, you know, something that reflects on the stat sheet, but you know, you want to be a player that you're not going to turn the puck over in the defensive zone. Like, you know, if, if yeah. you're tired and get a deep, get off for a change. So, showing that you're that reliable player can be trusted as a, as a big part of, you know, earning that coach's trust and, and puts you out in more of those situations where you can be that responsible, responsible player. But um, yeah. the, uh, so, you know, your ice time is you're, you're scratched for the first time, 
you know, if your ice time is not where you want it to be, you realize you got to, you know, work hard and, and kind of prove yourself as a freshman. Um, how did you kind of take that, that initial scratch? I mean, uh, you know, I've been scratched before and it's, it's, it sucks, but you know, there's a couple of ways you can take that, right. You can, you can, uh, you can pout and, and complain and call your parents and, you know, go to mommy and daddy and complain and do all that stuff. Or you can, you know, get back to work and figure out how to fix it or what, what is something you did? Um, I know you mentioned Tim talked to you, um, but is there anything that you could point out that, you know, you tried to do, you know, after that scratched game? Um, yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned a big thing that I try not to do is I, I try not to let my parents handle my issues for me. I try and, um, Bravo deal with it myself. Good, good work. You don't need mom and dad emailing a college coach, but go on. Um, I, I try and deal with, um, you know, all the stuff behind the scenes on my own because, you know, that's my, my dad would say the same thing if I tried to get him to deal with it is, you know, this is your problem. You have to deal with it. And so that first scratch, you know, I, I knew the best way to go about it was not to get down or anything. I, all I did was go to the game and I supported my team. I got behind the bench and I was still cheering them on and I was pumping them up whenever I could and pumping them up in the locker room, getting water bottles. And, you know, everybody puts shame on the water boy and everything, but it's like, you know, your teammates appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Like as much as you may not think or as humiliating as you might think being water boy is, you know, but teammates take notice of people who will do that for them. And, you know, that's what I tried to do is I tried to be as supportive of a teammate as I could. And I think the coaches saw that. And then they also saw the work that I was putting in during practice. And that's really what came down to me is just getting back in that lineup consistently. Yeah. You don't want to be the freshman on the team that's refusing to pick up pucks or fill water bottles or something. Like that. Exactly. That never goes a long way. Um, no. So moving on to your, your sophomore year, then um, I think you took the first semester off. Uh, can you share kind of what, what went into that decision and um, yeah, just, just share about that. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, um, my freshman year, I, I, I slacked with my grades. Um, you know, I, I got behind and, you know, there's other things that happen personally, but, you know, I can't really sit here and make a bunch of excuses. You know, I, you got to get the work done you know, you're playing a club sport. You're not, you're not getting paid to be there. I lost my scholarships because of my lack of like awareness and, determination to get stuff done and you know I took the semester off I took the summer and the summer and fall off and I worked I worked for a moving company because my dad said that'll uh, make me never want to work there again and you know he was right um I never want to yep. do hard labor ever again um yep. but you know it it was a really big wake-up call for me and it really caused me to really buckle down and start to get my like brain into this mode of needing to put in this work and wanting to see it pay off because that payoff will be even greater and it'll be even more rewarding because you see all your hard work that you've put in and the like drastic change you've overcome and that's something that I really really have noticed and you know I'm grateful for actually I'm really grateful for not playing last semester because it really opened my eyes yeah, I mean, it was basically a reset, right? And we've talked yeah. about it on previous podcasts is, is finding, you know, 
what path is right for you and no path is the right way. And, you know, if you needed to take a semester off or whatever it may be, or not your case in particular, but, you know, change teams or ask for a trade, whatever it is, it's, you got to do what's, what's right for you. And, you know, now you're, you know, in college, it's a little different, especially at the, the club level, you know, you're, you're somewhat tied into the school, you know, you're paying for tuition and, and things like that. So it's, if you don't figure it out, you know, you might not be, you might not be playing. So um, it's just, I, I would kudos to you for, for being, you know, a man enough to just take that time off, get your head right. And uh, hopefully this past uh, was well, this spring semester, the grades are a little better. Mm-hmm. Are they a little better, Tanner? Um, I'd like to think so. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, it's, well, it's kind of hard to be as bad as, um, the previous year, but yes, they are definitely better. Okay. Shout out to all of our listeners. Your education is important. <laughs> so Yes. Very much important. <laughs> um, but joke, no, or joking aside, it's, you know, even at that D one level and D three level, you know, these teams have, uh, GPA minimums. So I, I, I believe MTSU does have one. Um, you can tell um, me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know how well so, it's. The CHF, the CHF has their minimum. Um, their minimum to play is 2.0. The minimum to stay enrolled, depending on your hours, my my required GPA would be a 1.5 to stay in school. But to play, it would be a 2.0 for CHFs or CHF. Got it. Got it. And, I mean, it is tough. Uh, you know, you're even though you guys only skate two times a week, but – there's travel involved. Your weekends are taken away during the season. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you're, you're working and it's just like, you, you got to find a way. And um, it, it's these things of playing a sport in college, you know, it forces you to improve your, your yeah. time management skills um, for sure. I mean, it's real world stuff. You know, when you're done with school, you're getting a job, you have a, a wife or a husband and you, eventually you might have kids. It's like, you got to balance all that stuff and, you know, if you want to do something extracurricular, you, you almost got to earn that. If you don't earn it, uh, you got to focus your priorities on, on something else. So it's a, it's a good yeah. life lesson for sure for you. Yeah. Um, look, go ahead if you had something. Oh, um, my, my biggest like advice to people playing in high school right now is learn about time management now, because that's something that I didn't do is I didn't, I didn't take the time to learn the time management then. And so that affected me whenever I got to college. So that's my biggest advice is learn it now so that you can transfer it to college. Well, yeah, in college, right. You don't have a, a bus taking you to your classes. It's you got to get yeah. there. You make the decision if you're going to class or not that day. And if you don't go to class, well, one, you'll fail because of attendance and two, you'll probably fail because you're not le- sitting in the yeah. classroom and learning anything. Yeah, and once you miss one class, then you start to not want to go to the rest of your classes too. So it's it's just a domino effect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so we got through your your first two years of M- or um, yeah, first two years at MTSU. Um, you know, you're coming up on another one here, uh, being part of the College Hockey Federation. Um, is there anything you'd like to to share about, you know, MTSU coming up next year. I know they got um, a new head coach, the the former assistant coach, JJ. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a, uh, essentially a, another reset, right? A new, a new environment, a new head voice. Um, just talk a little bit about, you know, your excitement um, for, for next year. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. You know, JJ's, JJ's not much older than some of the guys that we have playing for our team right now. Like, you know, Ethan Roy, who's our goalie, 
JJ's, I believe, only four or five years older than Ethan. So, you know, it's it's going to be nice to have a coach that's more our age. You know, I think it lets us players relate to him more and lets us loosen up a little bit. And, you know, he's played college hockey before. He played at West Virginia. And then you look at our assistant coach, who's our goalie coach, too. You got Kent Nussbaum, who – you know, for people who don't know, he's an e-bug for the Preds, but he also played in the ECHL. Um, so he has high-level experience. And for people who think goalie coaches are only for goalies, that's not necessarily true because goalies see the most on the ice. Take it from me who played goalie. And, you know, that's how I got – that's why I'm like a playmaker as good as I am as a playmaker because, you know, I see the ice better because I was in that goalie position. Goalies see the ice so well and they have so much knowledge to give. And so, you know, that's a great asset for us to have is have Kent back there behind our bench. And I think right now they're, I don't know if the plan is if they're going to hire another assistant coach or not, but right now we're just rolling with Kent and JJ. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and Tim was doing it as well. Um, before JJ took over, but, you know, there wasn't much recruiting going on before uh, Tim stepped in. Right. I mean, now we have, I say we, like I'm still part of the team. Now you guys have, you know, basically a Gene Ash college, you know, you're getting guys from elsewhere too, but you know, guys are now in a position where they want to go to MTSU and play hockey. You know, it's close to home. It's a good education. It's a state school. So it's, it's, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm assuming it's somewhat cheaper. Um, and, you know, that they're out there at high school games and playoffs and the all-star game, and they're setting up booths and stuff for those players to come and talk to them. So I, I think the, the fresh, you know, the freshmen that are coming in, um, it's only going to get, get better from there. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it is the state school and it being cheaper. And another thing is we're cheaper than UTK, like, like drastically cheaper. And so I don't want to speak for Gibby or anything, but, you know, I, I believe that was a big reason why he chose MTSU over the other schools that he had in mind was, you know, it's cheaper. It's so, and it's local. And that's why we're getting a lot of these Ash guys. And that's the biggest thing JJ wants to focus on is recruiting these local guys because they're the ones who are going to want to come to MTSU most likely because it's a local school. It's cheaper than all these SEC and big schools. And you're still getting good talent, too. Like, this G-Nash League is growing so much. You talked about it with my dad in the last episode. The skill level that's in G-Nash now is insane compared to what it used to be. And, you know, they're kids that are still wanting to play hockey afterwards. So, that's we're trying to take advantage of that. Right. And I think um, I think Lyndon Palmer led the College Hockey Federation last year in, in points, if I'm not mistaken. And he was a, you know, prime example coming from – from G Nash and now he's moved on to MTSU and it's like, you know, the, if the kids are local and the hockey's getting better here, why not, you know, recruit in your own backyard? Um, so it, it's, it's just going to keep getting better and it should be exciting to see what, what comes next for you guys. Um, for those of you who don't know, MTSU plays at Fordyce Center, Antioch, um, primarily Friday and Saturdays game times depend on what's going on at the ring. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but if you haven't checked out a game, they're, they're free. Um, so go out and check it out and you can see Tanner buzzing around out there, uh, all five foot four of them. Um, mm -hmm. But um, just real quick, we'll touch on the College Hockey Federation. And again, I know we spoke about it with Kevin, but I think you have some news to share about your, 
your dad, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, you know, um, I believe it was about three days after he called me last Wednesday. Um, I believe he said you guys recorded on Sunday, but um, he called me Wednesday and it was like, you know, I want to hear, I want you to hear this from me. He's like, I'm, I got offered the assistant commissioner of the D3 CHF um, or CHS. And so that was big news, like very big news to hear from him. And, you know, it's like we said earlier in this podcast and in my dad's podcast is this league is growing like drastically and it's taken another big step is Kyle Nell, who's the CHS commissioner. He's run the league by his, by himself for like ever since it started. And so now he's bringing in, I believe my dad said around 17 board members now. So it's taken a huge leap this year. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, obviously it's competing against the ACHA and we don't have to get into all the reasons why there's a college hockey federation and the ACHA is, you know, there as well. So, um, but no, it's, I mean, it's, it's growing, it's, it's getting bigger and better. And, um, you know, you got those big name schools, you know, the, the UGAs, the UTs, uh, Vandy, like it's, it's, it's only getting better as the, as time goes on here. Um, so I, we talked about it before we hopped on Tanner and I'm putting you on the spot and maybe you thought of something, maybe you did it, but I asked, uh, Zach Giblin the same thing. Um, so if you, if you could share one thing that a, a teammate, a coach, uh, maybe one of your parents told you that, you know, kind of stuck with you and. Um, we have a lot of younger listeners and, um, you know, obviously you starting hockey in Nashville and, and going through the ranks and now you're MTSU. Um, is there, there anything, you know, whether it's a quote or advice that you'd like to share with uh, the listeners? Yeah. You know, I think actually this, the more I thought about it, the easier this answer became for me was, you know, growing up playing hockey, you know, you just love the game so much and it's hard not to take it very serious sometimes and just be very competitive. And there's, there's nothing wrong with being competitive and taking it serious, but, you know, I think you got to draw the line sometimes and, you know, you're playing this game for a reason because you love it. And a lot, you'll see a lot of guys burn out because they take it too serious and they stop enjoying the game. Um, So that's, so my biggest advice is just enjoy the game because the more you enjoy it, the better you're going to be and the more you're going to enjoy working out and working on your game and, perfecting your skill set if you take it too serious and everything you're just going to burn out like all the rest of the people don't take it too serious enjoy the game while you can enjoy the memories you have while playing with your travel teams like those are the fondest memories I have is the hotels on travel weekends like those are the most fun and it's the most fun now for MPSU our travel weekends on the bus and hotels like that stuff you'll never get back. So enjoy it. And then the game will come from there. Right. And it's uh, like you said, it's meant to be fun and it'll happen at some point in everybody's career is, you know, one day you go to the rink and it, you're thinking to yourself, it's not fun right now. And then you got to figure out how to change that, whether it's your own mindset, maybe you got to work a little harder or maybe it's not the right fit for you. So uh, yeah. to all of the listeners, just make sure you're, you're having fun and you're, you're enjoying it. Um, I want to add to that real quick is just because you're not playing <laughs> does yeah. not mean it's time for you to, to pout. And it's, you know, always look at yourself in the mirror first um, yeah. and see what you can change before you start thinking 
uh, drastic decisions. Um, yeah. Well, Tanner, if, uh, is there anything else you'd, you'd like to add? Um, I know I kind of went through a good bit of your, your playing career. Um, you know what, actually, let's talk about this. The, um, you know, you're an assistant coach with, with Summit Page, and yeah. we haven't uh, talked about that uh, much yet. Um, this being your, this past season, your first year, and, um, you know, you have a lot, you had a lot going on. You were working, going to school, playing, um, so didn't make it to all the games, but yeah. uh, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, being behind the bench and has it helped you as a, as a player on the ice at all? Um, hundred percent. It has, it's kept me out of a box. There um, you go. <laughs> you know, our, our team was the most penalized team in all of GNASH last year. So, you know, we mm-hmm. don't really take too much pride in that, but you know, you talked about it last podcast being suspended twice, not really any of your own doing, but because, you know, the players couldn't keep their mouth shut. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something that I had a problem with going into coaching is, you know, I was this passionate player and I would always run my mouth to the refs or to the other players or coaches and, you know, coaching and watching MTSU, I saw that and I was like, you know, I'm going to transfer into my own game and try and dial back and keep myself in check and it helped but you know coaching was a lot of fun you know seeing all these kids and some of these kids I'm actually going to be playing with this next year like Caden and Jacob and you know hopefully Mason Breedlove decides to come to MTSU um fingers crossed but you know you know it's um it was a cool experience to do and I'm still trying to decide what I want to do coaching wise and you know, I definitely think coaching Summit Page another year would be very interesting for me. Um, but, you know, we you always have to wait day by day and see what uh, comes up. Right. Well, we'd love to have you back. We could talk about that offline and, and figure mm-hmm. that out. But uh got a few months before that decision needs yeah. to be made. But, um, no, Tanner, I, I think you, you hit a lot of points on the head here. You know, being a, a small player and uh, kind of how you adjusted to – to compensate for that and um you know we talked about your playing time so i think there's a lot of good stuff that our younger listeners can pull from it and um i think it it'll be a a good episode for a lot of a lot of players out there so um just wanted to to thank you for your time and and coming on the the walk the line podcast yeah thank you greg i I definitely enjoyed it and definitely uh hopefully have me back uh, in the long future because um i'm looking forward to seeing the guests you get in these next few episodes too yeah well i appreciate it and uh good luck to mtsu next year and i'm sure i'll see you around soon but uh you have a a great rest of your week all right you too greg all right see ya see ya once again i'd like to thank tanner bond for joining the walk the line podcast hope our listeners out there enjoyed listening to some of his stories talking about mtsu uh being a smaller player and uh, how he adjusted to not getting as much ice time as he desired. So again, thanks to Tanner for coming on. And if anybody else has any other topics that they would like to hear discussed on the Walk the Line podcast, please email 307sports.hockey at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great weekend, everybody.